This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, because this week uh, we're going to be entering the merry month of May, and because a couple of weeks ago I neglected to include a comedy feature in the second part of the show, and I really heard about that from listener Cheryl, and I promised to make up for my transgression by having a whole week of comedy. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So let's start out with a visit from Dennis Day, who decides he needs a second job. But is being an insurance man the best move? Hmm? We'll find out as we go back to the year 1947, right here on Theater of the Mind. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Day. Dennis Day is brought to you by Colgate Dental Cream and Luster Cream Shampoo. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Luster Cream, the cream shampoo for true hair loveliness. The Dennis Day Show with Barbara Eiler, B. Benadera, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant in the orchestra, and yours truly, Vern Smith is written by Frank Galen and stars our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Here's Dennis singing, Who Put That Gleam in Your Eye? Who put that dream in your eye? And who put that song in your side? Who makes you thrill through and through? Who is that lucky guy I wish I knew? Please tell me who put that spring in your walk? And who put that lilt in your talk? Your kiss could put me wise and make me
Well, as you know, our young hero, Dennis Day, has been working at the Willoughby store in Weaverville for the past year and a half. Of course, his job isn't a very good one. The hours are long, the work is hard, and about the only thing you can say for it is that Mr. Willoughby doesn't pay him what he's worth, which is a break for Dennis. <laughs> but evidently, the flame of ambition burns brighter in our hero than we had guessed, for it seems that Dennis... Well, let's look in at the Anderson living room where he's been telling his girlfriend, Mildred, some rather startling news. Oh, Dennis, it's just marvelous. Another job in your spare time. Yeah. But how did you happen to pick the insurance business to go into? Well, it's the best business there is. I figured it out. More people do it than anything. Do what? Die. <laughs> well, that's true. But do you know anything about insurance? Oh, I've been studying it for weeks. Believe me, I've been using my brain. Well, why didn't you tell me about it before? Oh, I didn't want to worry you. Oh, I see. Gosh, I sure hope I can make a success of this. If I do, I'll feel free to speak to your mother. Why, darling, you mean about me? About anything. I'll just feel free to speak to her. <laughs> oh, well, you'll make a success of it, Dennis. I know you will. Sure, why not? I'm getting to know people here now, and they're getting to know me, too, and... Say, that may be why not. <laughs> Dennis, you're not losing your self-confidence again, are you? When you're me, it's no trick at all. <laughs> well, you've got to change, then. And now, what have you done about getting prospects to sell insurance, too? Well, I've left little pamphlets around here and at the store. Pamphlets? Yeah, the firm puts them out. People read them and start thinking about insurance, and then I come along and... Oh, good morning, Mr. Anderson. Good morning, my son. <laughs> Mildred, my dear. Good morning, Daddy. You sleep well? No, I didn't close my eyes all night. <laughs> Look at these folders someone left on my dresser last night. Oh, those? Yes. Just listen to these titles. You may be a heavy burden to six men in dark suits, but why be one to your family? <laughs> well, you see, Mr. Anderson... And, and this one. When you're ready to go, will the going be good? <laughs> Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Yes, but hardly the kind of thoughts I like to dwell on. Well, I'm afraid I'm responsible for those folders, Mr. Anderson. You see, I've gone into the insurance business in my spare time. Oh, so that's it. Well, lots of luck, my boy. But you'll need more than just a few folders to sell insurance. Oh, Dennis had the marvelous sales talk all worked out, Daddy. Yeah, a really subtle one. All I need is a little practice and I'm all set to go. Well, suppose you practice on me, son. Now, we'll pretend that I'm a prospect and you're trying to sell me some insurance, okay? Oh, you bet. Well, well, well. Good morning, sir. How are you feeling this lovely morning? Fine, thank you. Really? You look horrible. <laughs> what? If you last two more months, I'm the king of Siam. <laughs> Dennis, is that what you call subtle? You have to make some conversation first. Pass the time of day with the man. Oh, I see. Now, let's try it again. How do you do, young man? How do you do, sir? Well, well, here it is, nine o'clock in the morning. It is? Yep. Wonder how many people died last night. <laughs> oh, no, no, Dennis. No? Certainly not. You can't talk about things like that. Well, I've got to introduce the subject, don't I? I've got to let him know that if he passes away tonight, his widow should be happy as a lark tomorrow. <laughs> 
Son, I wish you all the luck in the world in your new business, and I doubt it from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and now, if you'll excuse me, I have my housework to do. Good day, kid. Gosh, I didn't make any headway with even pretending, and I thought he might really buy some insurance from me, too. Dennis, you know Daddy couldn't buy anything even if he wanted to. Why, as soon as he gets his money every week, Mother's got it. Gee, you mean she goes through his... Now I'm being silly. She's got them on. <laughs> well, of course. If you want to sell any insurance in this family, my mother's your only prospect. Well, there goes this family. Well, not necessarily. Suppose you flattered her a little. She's very susceptible to it, you know. I should flatter her? Sure. Spread it on thick about her beauty and charm. It's worth a try, isn't it? Well, gee, Then it's your I... only chance is to soften her up. Gee, do you think softening up will be enough? In my case, she'd have to be absolutely tenderized. <laughs> I'm sure you'll think of it. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Mother. Dennis. Mrs. Anderson, don't move. Just stand there and let me drink you in. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? What glorious radiance. You're a vision of loveliness from the top of your dainty brown head to the bottom of your big, strong white feet. <laughs> Dennis, I... You great, big, gorgeous hunk of dreamboat, you... (laughs) Why, Dennis, you... You really think I'm attractive? (laughs) Oh, Dennis, you darling... Still, I've often thought I should be painted and perhaps photographed. (laughs) Do you agree? Oh, yes, ma'am. You'd photograph fine if you were painted. (laughs) What? Oh, that didn't come out right. What I meant was... You were just made to be photographed. Why, you belong on the screen. The most beautiful mother in the movies. Oh, well, that's different. (laughs) The Irene Dunn type, huh? Exactly. You'd be just perfect as her mother. (laughs) Oh, I would, would I? Mother, Dennis didn't mean that the way it sounded I say he did And I'll thank him to drop dead at his earliest convenience (laughs) Oh, Dennis Yeah, I know Gene, I was going great till I got going (laughs) Well, that leaves you only one prospect, Mr. Willoughby You'll just have to go down to the store and get him in a good mood Now, let's see. What makes him happiest? For me not to go down to the store. (laughs) Well, you are going down, and I'm going to help you. Yeah? Look, I went to school with a boy named Austin Peterson. We used to call him Stinky, and he's now selling insurance. So? Well, suppose he called on you at the store, and you pretended to buy insurance from him in front of Mr. Willoughby. Just pretended? Well, naturally. But Mr. Willoughby would be so impressed by an underpaid person like you buying it that he'd be right for some himself. Say, for once I think one of your ideas is going to work. Of course. But before Austin gets there, you've got to butter up Mr. Willoughby the same way you did Mother. Uh-huh. Only for heaven's sakes, this time don't go as far. Oh, okay, I'll forget that stuff about him making a beautiful screen, Mother. <laughs> think I can sell this Dennis Day some insurance, Uncle Homer? Just as sure as your name is Richard Willoughby, my boy. 
He's been leaving insurance folders all over the store, so I know he's interested. Gosh, I don't know. Nothing ever happened with any of my other prospects. All your other prospects got away because they outsmarted you. This time, you're evenly matched. <laughs> Gee, imagine. As I know, it's hard to. <laughs> What's more, I'm going to help you. I'm going to flatter the lad for you so he's in a mood to buy. Flatter him? Well, sure. That's the way... Oh, oh, here he comes. Quick, duck out of sight for a couple of minutes. Okay. Dennis, my dear, dear son, good morning. Mr. Willoughby, don't move. Just stand there and let me drink you in. <laughs> what did you say, Dennis? You're the grandest, loveliest boy I've ever known. And you're the finest, sweetest man, Mr. Willoughby. I don't know anyone I'd rather mop a floor for. <laughs> Dennis, I don't know anyone I'd rather have mopping. You've given me a magnificent floor to work on, Mr. Willoughby. Knees like yours deserve the best, Dennis. <laughs> You're good, Mr. Willoughby. You're fine. You're considerate. You're loyal. You're sweet. You're sincere. You're pure. You're... You're wholesome. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to wait for my turn. <laughs> That's quite all right. I'd forgive you anything, Dennis. And I love you, Mr. Willoughby. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Mr. Day... Yes? How do you do? I happen to be an insurance man, and I... Oh, the fellow... Mil I mean, uh, how are you, Stinky? Beg pardon? I said, how are you, Stinky? Well, I guess the customer's always right. <laughs> Fine, thanks. Good. Uh, what can I do for you, old man? Oh, stick around, Mr. Willoughby. Well, I was wondering if you'd be interested in a life insurance policy. Sure, I'll take it. It's a wonder... Huh? <laughs> Sign me up for a thousand dollars. You talked me into it. What did I say? I'd like to remember it. <laughs> it wasn't so much what you said, it was the way I listened. Oh. Oh, thank you very much, sir. And goodbye. Oh, just a minute. I understand your firm also carries accident insurance. Yes, sir. Well, suppose I got laid up because of an accident and lost two weeks' pay. Gee, that's right. And what about the doctor's bills I'd be running up? Yeah. And who's going to pay my room rent while I'm in bed? Yeah. Accident insurance is great. I think I ought to take some. Really? I'd be a fool not to if what you say is true. Gee. <laughs> See, you're a real high-pressure customer. <laughs> now, Stinky, are there any types of insurance you've forgotten? Oh, I imagine there must be some I haven't mentioned. Put me down for $100 worth of each. <laughs> if I'd known it was going to be like this, I'd have sold tickets. <laughs> Gosh, I certainly do thank you, Mr. Day. Would you mind signing right here? Oh, not at all, Sonny. There you are. Gee, you sure were right about Mr. Day, Uncle Homer. His premiums will come to at least $100. Oh, sure. I'm a great believer in insurance. Uncle Homer? Why, yes. Richard here is my nephew. You... You mean he isn't stinky? Well, that, of course, is open to debate. <laughs> but I mean, Mildred Anderson didn't send him down here? Mildred Anderson? Uh, who's Mildred Anderson? Oh, she's the girl who perfected the revolting development. <laughs> carrying on, so it isn't my fault Austin Peterson was out of town. Well, what are we going to do, Mildred? I'm stuck for $100 worth of insurance premiums. Golly, if you could only sell mother insurance for the whole family, you could earn that much in commissions. Dennis, we've got to think. Oh, what's the use, Mildred? I'd be better off if I'd just give up and go out and throw myself under a truck. Why, Dennis, 
that's it. <laughs> Just to sell some insurance, you would let my lovely white body be mangled? I don't mean a real accident, silly. Well, just pretend there's been one. When Mother sees you all bandaged up, she'll realize it could have happened to her, and she'll buy some insurance. Oh, well, if you think she won't suspect... Of course she won't. And even if she does catch on, we'll just work the fake injury trick on someone else. Don't be silly. If she catches on, the injuries won't be a fake. (laughs) Oh, well, get out the bandages. You look perfect, Dennis. Don't you think we've overdone it a little? Shouldn't there be a little hole I could talk out of? Oh, well, here, I'll push some of it aside. There. Oh, Mildred. Oh, golly, we just got through in time. There she is. In here, Mother. Quick, lie down on the couch, Dennis. Mildred, I just wanted to... Good heavens, who's that? Oh, Mother. (laughs) Mother, it's Dennis. He's been hurt. Hurt? Badly? Oh. (laughs) Oh, Dennis. Speak to me. How did it happen? I I was crossing a street when suddenly a 20-ton truck came bearing down on me at 80 miles an hour and hit me head on. <laughs> Good. Yes, ma'am. My face is all scratched. <laughs> Your face is scratched? Oh, it's much worse than that, Mother. He's delirious. He doesn't know what he's saying. Oh, my. Is the pain dreadful, Dennis? Terrible. And no insurance at all. Oh, dear, to be seriously injured in a strange town so far from your home. Yeah, with no insurance. (laughs) How much you must wish that you had your mother here at a time like this. I'll say, and a few dollars worth of insurance. (laughs) You see, Mother, he has no insurance. Yes, I was beginning to suspect it. (laughs) Yeah, Mrs. Anderson, and you ought to buy some right away. A thing like this could happen to someone you care about. Well... Mildred, do you realize that when that boy is delirious, he makes sense? I'm going to buy all the insurance I can as fat... Now, who can that be? I'll answer it. Yes? How do you do? Is Mr. Day in? I brought over the insurance policies he bought this morning. Insurance policies? Mildred, I feel a cold wind blowing on me. (laughs) Daddy! This gentleman dropped in to bring you your insurance policies. Gosh, Mr. Day, is that you? And you're injured. Oh, that's awful. The company gives us demerits when they have to pay off so soon. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not really injured, Richard. Your company won't have to pay me. I wouldn't count on it, Richard. Huh? Dennis, this time you've gone too far. This time I'm... Re- Dennis Day, come back here and fight like a man. <laughs> Dennis, it's safe. You can come out now. She's left the house. Well, goodbye, Mildred. It was nice knowing you. Dennis, wait. All we've got to do is think this thing out. That's what I'm going to do, Mildred. Sit down in China somewhere and think it out. Goodbye. (laughs) Listen, Dennis, I've got another idea. Mildred, I'm not a strong boy. Let's quit while I'm alive, huh? (laughs) But all you have to do is go down to the office of the insurance company you bought the policies from. And just tell them I don't want the policies? No, tell them you want a dozen more. Girl, I knew it would happen. You've blown your whistle. (laughs) Yes, wait. 
When you ask for more insurance, they'll wonder why. They won't be alone. Well, suppose you convinced them that you'd had reversals and were about to commit suicide. Wouldn't they cancel all the policies you bought this morning? Well, it, it's possible, I suppose. Possible? Nothing. It's a certainty. I'll go with you and wait for you. Sure, you can make them believe you're desperate enough for suicide, can't you? Why not? All I gotta do is be myself. <laughs> Have you got everything straight? Exactly what you're to say? Yeah, I think so. I've even got a little idea of my own I might try, too. Oh, Dennis, and up to now I was so confident. Well, don't worry. I may not have to use it. But what is... Shh, the fellow might hear you. Well, here I go. How do you do, sir? Hello. I'm Dennis Day, the fellow who bought those policies from your company yesterday. Oh, yes, sir. And what can we do for you today? Well, I'd like another $100,000 worth of life insurance. A uh, $100,000 worth? Pretty suspicious, huh? Why, not at all. Uh, just a moment till I locate my rate book. Oh, no hurry. I got no place to go. My house burned down yesterday. Really? Let's see now. Too uh... bad, too. I think my wife was in it. I haven't seen her all day. <laughs> annuity book. Yeah, that's the way it's been going lately. Yesterday, little Eloise got to playing with my razor. Darned if she didn't cut her dear little face. Oh? Clear off. <laughs> little things, but they add up. Make a fella pretty unhappy. I know that book is here someplace. Oh, take your time. I'll be alive for minutes yet. Ah, here we are. And uh, Now, let's see. Uh, your age is 22, I believe. Yeah, the oldest anyone in my family ever lived to be. How's that? My grandfather killed himself when he was 17. I knew him only slightly, of course. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uncle George went young, too. Hung himself from the ceiling one evening with his head in the gas oven. <laughs> yeah, then he stabbed himself in the heart, put a bullet through his brain. When we found him, he was a pretty sick boy. <laughs> your, your whole family were suicides? Starting to wake up, huh? <laughs> But surely, you're not that sort of a person. Oh, no? But see this? A gun. Mr. Day, put that down. I'm going to blow out my brains right after you give me that $100,000 policy. After? Mr. Day, that isn't ethical. But I can't leave my little ones with just these small policies I bought yesterday. Here, give me those policies. Hey! There. My goodness, if you're not going to live, we don't want you holding our policies. The home office hates that. <laughs> well, thanks, old man. So long. Dennis, did you... Dennis, that gun! What are you doing with it? Oh, that was the little idea I had, Mildred. The convincer. I put it to my head and started to press the trigger. Then he believed me. But Dennis, I... Oh, don't worry. It's only your father's old trophy pistol. But he didn't know it wasn't loaded and couldn't fire even if it was. See? Even if I pulled the trigger all day like this, it would... Dennis! Ooh, what I nearly blew out. <laughs> Dance in the orchestra, here's Dennis singing Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. When they begin the begin, it brings back the sound of music so tender. It brings back an eye of tropical splendor. It brings back a memory. 
with you once more under the stars and down by the shore an orchestra's playing and even the horns seem to be swaying when they widespread starvation, and this situation concerns every American, not only for humanitarian reasons, but to protect our own freedom. For if hunger brings on a collapse of the effort to build free governments abroad, our own security will be seriously threatened. So we can help protect the peace we fought so hard to win by sending Europe enough food now. But to do this, every American must cooperate with our government, and here's how. One, eat no meat on Tuesday. Two, eat no poultry on Thursday. Three, save a slice of bread every day. Four, waste nothing. Clean your plate at every meal. Remember, your help is urgently needed. Save wheat, save meat, save the peace. Good night, everybody, and a special good night to all my old Navy shipmates who celebrate Navy Day this coming Monday.
This is Vern Smith reminding you that an interesting story of Dennis Day is appearing in the current issue of Movie Star Parade, now on sale. Dennis Day returns again next week, same time, same station. Join us then, won't you? Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for William Bendix in The Life of Riley. In tonight's episode, Bendix as blustering Chester A. Riley, a wing riveter at the fictional Cunningham Aircraft Plant in California, finds he has a problem. He's been talking in his sleep. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L. Prell Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's new Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. Prell brings you The Life of Riley. Prell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff, leaves hair radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Each evening after dinner, Chester A. Riley sits down and relaxes with the evening paper. This is one of our American institutions. Whatever is lacking in our daily lives, the evening newspaper can provide. For the stout and sedentary businessman, there's the sports page. For the meek and mild spinster, there's the latest axe murder. And for Riley, happily married for 18 years, there's the divorce news. Hey, listen to this, Peg. What, Riley? In the paper here. 80-year-old man divorces his wife after 50 years of marriage. Oh, no. The couple have 16 children, 30 grandchildren, and 22 great-grandchildren. Oh, I think that's awful after 50 years. Well, it's just one of those things. I guess she just wasn't his type. <laughs> hey, hey, get this. Prominent socialite divorces banker. Million-dollar community property to be divided. How about that, Peg? This poor guy gets taken for 500000 Oh, what a sap. If we ever split up, honey, you'll never be able to nick me for 50% on a community property deal. Why not? Oh, I'm too smart. I put everything in your name. <laughs> oh. Well, if I'm ever stupid enough to divorce a wonderful wife like you, then you deserve to get every cent I have. Mm-hmm. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> The silly reasons people get divorced for. Get, get, get this. Wife sheds mate who talked in sleep. <laughs> Can you beat that? The guy's a perfect husband for 30 years, gives her everything, and she divorces him. Just on account of a little thing like talking in his sleep. That's a woman for you. Well, what did he talk about? A chorus girl named Mabel. <laughs> well, I don't blame her. I do the same. <laughs> you got nothing to worry about, Dumplin'. You're lucky. Other husbands run around nights, but me... I'm home every day at six for dinner. I give you an hour to yourself while you wash the dishes. I read the paper from seven to seven thirty, and then from seven thirty on, I'm all yours. Yes, there's just one slight trouble. At seven thirty-one, you're always sound asleep. That's not so. I never fall asleep. Here it is, seven thirty right now. I don't feel a bit sleepy. You want to go out someplace? Where? Just name it. Any place. Any place at all. But you mean it? Of course I mean it. Well. I'd like to see when my baby smiles at me. Dan Daly's in it. Oh, that Daly. What a physique. <laughs> well, he's okay, but he's got nothing compared to Betty Grable. <laughs> you really want to go? Yeah, come on. I'm rearing to go. Get your things. All right, I'll be ready in a second. 
Talking in a sleep. Go away, Peg. I don't like you anymore. I am in love with Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude, stop kissing me. Gertrude, stop. <laughs> Gertrude, you stop now. Stop, I say, stop. Do it some more, Gertrude. Hey, Pop, Pop, wake up. Huh? Oh, oh, it's you, Junior. What's the matter? Why'd you wake me up? I was having such a nice dream. Yeah, I'll say you were. I was dreaming about... about... It's gone. Now, you see what you've done? Such a beautiful dream, and now I can't remember. What'd you wake me up for? Well, you were talking in your sleep. Next time you stay out of my dreams. <laughs> well, I didn't want Mom to hear what you said. Never mind. She can hear all she wants. I got no secrets from your mother. I got nothing to hide. Junior... I didn't say anything about the five bucks I got hidden up the chimney, did I? No, but a lot worse. What could be worse? You were talking about a woman. A woman? Her name was Gertrude. Gertrude? I don't know anybody named Gertrude. Ha, ha, ha. What do you mean, ha, ha, ha? Uh, Bob, you don't have to pretend with me. Pretend what? I've been around. <laughs> Okay, Errol Flynn. <laughs> so I dreamed about this Gertrude. So what? <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> Gertrude kept kissing you. She kissed me, but I didn't let her. I fought back like a tiger, didn't I? Well, no, you kept asking for more. <laughs> no, it must have been some other guy. And I guess Mom was in the dream, too. Oh, well, then everything's okay. After all, if your mother was there chaperoning me... Yeah, then... but she kept saying, Peg, go away. I don't like you anymore. I like Gertrude. But that's not true. I couldn't have said... Well, that's what you said, Pop. Listen, Junior, I never heard of this Gertrude. And I ain't admitting nothing. But uh, not a word of this to your mother, you hear? <laughs> Hi, Gillis. Hey, you look all tuckered out. Tough night? Yeah, I didn't sleep a wink. I was afraid I'd talk in my sleep. So you'll talk in your sleep. So what? You probably make more sense when you're unconscious. <laughs> you don't understand. Last night when I took my after supper nap, do you know what I said in my sleep? How should I know? I ain't the kind of a guy goes around snooping, eavesdropping on his next door neighbor's bedroom. You'll never guess what I said. I was talking about a mysterious woman. What do you think of that? Ask Gertrude if she's got a friend for me. <laughs> Gillis, you hurt. Riley, you dog. You've been holding out on me. Gillis, honest, I don't know any Gertrude. Come, come, Riley. We're men of the world. I'll be glad to take her off your hands. 
But she don't exist. She's only in my dreams. Okay, so tonight, tell her to come into my dreams. <laughs> I only live next door. A very short trip. Uh, I wish I could. If Peg ever heard me... Oh, I gotta watch myself. Already Peggy's getting suspicious. I went to bed with adhesive tape over my mouth. No kidding. Yeah, but I got out of it. I gave her a logical excuse. I told her I did it to break me of the habit of sucking my thumb. Riley, uh, about this here Gertrude. Gillis, I don't know any Gertrude. Oh, yes, you do. You must have known her. Only you forgot. Now she's in your unconscious. And one night while you're sleeping, the whole sordid story will come out. And Peg will hear it. What story? The intrigues, the secret meetings, the rendezvouses, the back streets, the love nest, drawn chitons. Riley, why did you do it? I'm only flesh and blood. <laughs> I, I, I didn't do nothing. You've got to believe me, Gillis. Oh, I believe you, pal. But try and make Peg believe that. You keep talking in your sleep. She listens. She's horrified. She goes to her room and starts packing. She can't go to her room. We both got the same room. There she is, packing. Tears leaking from her eyeballs. Poor Peg. You're still talking. Junior comes in, he listens, then he starts packing. Poor Junior. Then Babs comes in, she listens, and she starts packing. Poor Babs. Then you're talking. Thirteen hours later, you wake up with a sore throat and no family. Poor Riley. <laughs> Tell us what I do. You gotta find out who this here Gertrude is. What happened between you? And get her out of your system. Yeah, but I don't remember her. That's why you need a psychiatrist. You mean I should go get psychoalkalized? <laughs> why, sure. He'll find out about Gertrude. He'll probe around down there in your unconscious mind. Yeah, well, I'll do anything, Gillis. Do you know a good man? The best? Dr. Eiglick from Vienna. Remember when my boy Eggbite was having trouble in school, bringing home bad marks, failing in exams? Yeah. This doctor found a trouble in the flesh. And such a simple thing. Why? He found out the kid is stupid. <laughs> what a doctor. Well, I'll bet he can do the same for me. Let's go. So you see, Doc, I got to find out about this Gertrude. Yeah, yeah, I see a, a very simple case. I handled many similar ones in Vienna when I worked with Freud. Oh. Excuse me, please. Yeah. Hiya, Doc. You placing any bets today? No, I'm flat, Lefty. Yeah, too bad. Now, wait a minute. I got a chump in there. I think I can clip him for a fit. Be right back. <laughs> uh, that was a very eminent colleague of mine, Herr Professor Lefty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of him. Well, uh, let us begin. Uh, lie down on the couch, please. Oh, yeah, okay, Doc. Oh, before we begin, uh, always the fees in advance. Old Viennese custom. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about it. <laughs> Here you are. Uh, thank you. Uh, excuse me a moment. I will go right away and give it to the bookmaker. Uh, the bookkeeper. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, Lefty. Lucky boy in the fourth on the nose. Okay, Doc. Right. Oh, uh, now we begin, Herr Lucky Boy. Uh, Herr Riley. Uh, sure, Doc. Obviously, this Gertrude is some woman you should have known a long time ago. And you have suppressed all knowledge of her. But we will find her. We will probe inside your mind. We will go deeper and deeper until we hit rock bottom. <laughs> now, I want you to think of women. Think of all the women you have known. 
I'm thinking. Now, just let your thoughts roam. Uh, I see a woman. Ah. She's beautiful. Ah. Honey-colored hair. Yeah. Blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. A dimple in her chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gorgeous figure. What's her phone number? <laughs> yeah, go on, go on, go on. She's holding her arms out to me. Uh-huh. Now she's kissing me. Uh-huh. This is Gertrude. No. No? No, it's my wife. <laughs> Your wife? Yeah. Lie down, please. Yeah. We try again. <laughs> now, we go farther back. A long time to when you were young. Now, think. Think of women you knew in your youth. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah? I'm in Prospect Park, sitting on a bench. And who is with you? A girl. A gorgeous girl. Uh-huh. I got my arm around her. Uh-huh. The moon is shining. Yeah. I lean over toward the girl. Uh-huh. We're cheek to cheek. She whispers in my ear. What is she saying? Chester, when are you going to get your nose straightened? Aha! Uh-huh. This is Gertrude. No. No? No, my wife. <laughs> your wife. Uh-huh. Lie down, please. We try again. <laughs> now, uh, think back. Think way far back. Where I'm thinking. Where are you? Coney Island. Alone? No, there's a beautiful girl with me. Go on, please. I got my arm around her. Ah. She's got her arm around me. Ah. I lean over to kiss her and... And what? Everything goes black. Black? No, it's light again. Aha! That is it. That is it. We have the solution. First it's light, then it goes black, then it's light again. You know why? Yeah, sure. We just went through the tunnel of love. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. You went through the tunnel of love with this Gertrude. No. No? No, with my wife. <laughs> Let's try again, huh? Wait. I lie down. <laughs> I think that will be enough for today. Next visit. Next I... visit? Oh, yeah. These things take a long time. One year, two. Wait a minute. I can't wait that long. I paid you for advice. You better come across or give me back my five dollars. Now, see here. You better man. start talking. Mm. Of course. Uh, of course. On second thought, the case is very clear. You see, it is apparent that you have an anxiety neurosis rapidly developing into schizophrenia based in turn on a guilt complex in your marital relations. Uh, Okay, that's around two bucks worth. Keep talking. (laughs) Yeah. You see, your true mate is this Gertrude, but you have suppressed her into your subconscious. Three bucks. Three bucks. (laughs) And in living 18 years with another woman, you have been living a lie. My advice is to leave this stranger whom you never really loved and seek out Gertrude. Only then can you be happy. Well, well, that's more like five bucks worth. Thanks a lot, Doc. You're a genius. It's so simple. All I have to do to be happy is leave this here stranger I've been living with for 18 years and find this Gertrude. So when I get home, I'll just say to my wife, Goodbye, stranger. What a revolting development this is. If Riley thinks he's got troubles with Gertrude, wait till he sees himself on the screen in a swell new movie of The Life of Riley. And this warm, hilarious film has all your favorite characters from Peg, Junior, and Babs right up to, or shall I say, down to Digger Odell. You're in for a happy movie when you see The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix as Riley. Now, Prell Shampoo brings you the second act of The Life of Riley. 
And Riley is still worrying about the mysterious Gertrude he keeps talking about in his sleep. Riley, dear, what on earth's the matter with you? Me? Nothing, nothing. Well, you've been staring at me for the last half hour as if I was a stranger. Well, you are. I mean, I, I was. Oh, uh, was I? Well, what's the matter with you? Nothing. Nothing. I, I, I think I'll lie down in the living room for a while. Oh, dear, that man. Always something. Oh, now, who's that? Mrs. Riley? Yes. I'm the cleaning woman. I was working over Miss Gillis for half a day. She said you want me for a little work. Oh, yes, I certainly can use you. Come in, please. Yes, ma'am. I can't do no heavy work, not at my age. I got the room Well, I just cold. want you to wash the woodwork. <laughs> now, uh, would you please start in the living room here? Oh, my husband's in here. Try not to wake him up. Hmm? Drunk, huh? Oh, no, just sleeping. Yeah, I know, slipping it off. Why, no, well, he's... Oh, I know the type. My poor father was one of them. But he... Used not... to come home roaring drunk in the middle of the afternoon. But my husband doesn't... Beat my mother up, beat the kids up, all 11 of us. <laughs> There's nothing you can do for him. Just let him sleep it off the way he's doing now. Drunk. Oh, you're a brave little woman, dearie, trying to put up a front, trying to hide your shame from the world. But I tell Just you that Just like he... my poor mother did, but it ain't no use, is it, dearie? Oh, really? I <laughs> Now, look. Ah, I... they gotta come out. But I You told... just can't hide them, dearie. All right, all right, he's drunk. Don't worry, dearie. I won't tell a soul. Well, here's a mop for the floor. I'll get you a pail and some wash rags. Uh, Mrs. Just Miss. Everybody calls me Gertrude. Oh. <laughs> well, all right, Gertrude. I'll get you that pail. Oh, poor little woman. And look at that big brute laying there in a stupor. Uh, that's a drinking man's face, all right. <laughs> Looks just like my poor father. Oh, he's coming too, the beast. I'm the Gertrude. You talking to me? Gertrude. What do you want? Gertrude, darling. Kiss me, Gertrude. Kiss you? I may be an old maiden crowd and 60 and getting balls, but I ain't that desperate. <laughs> Go on, kiss me, Gertrude. I ain't staying here another minute. It's getting so a girl ain't safe anymore. <laughs> Gertrude, where are you going? Home. That husband of yours tried to kiss me. He what? Goodbye. Right. Chester Riley. Huh? Huh? Uh, uh, what's the matter? Why are you shaking me, Sam? Stop pretending you're asleep. Well, what's the matter? What did you do to that woman? What woman? The cleaning woman. Cleaning? Was there a woman here? She says you tried to kiss her. I was asleep all the time. Peg, you've been dreaming. Oh, Riley. You're just impossible sometimes. If it isn't one thing, it's another. It's so hard to get a woman to clean the house, and when I finally do, you drive her away with your crazy antics. Now I'll never get Gertrude back. Who? Who? 
What are you hooting like an owl for? I said Gertrude. Gertrude, she was here. My dream girl. I got a friend. Riley, come back here. Gertrude! Gertrude, where are you? I thought I'd find that Gertrude, wherever she is. I don't know what to do. I can't go home, but I've got to. In my profession, when you've got to go, you go. <laughs> so it's you. Yes, it is I indeed. Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> what are you doing around here, Digger? I'm on my way to testify as a witness before the UEPUAC. UEPUAC? The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Bulk Bearers Underground Activities Committee. <laughs> the professional committee for our industry. We check up on subversive plots. Oh, those investigating committees, they never find nothing. I beg your pardon. When we uncover a plot, we find something. <laughs> now, there's somebody I'd, li I'd like to find. Who? Listen, Digger, did you ever hear anybody talk in their sleep? Not around my place. <laughs> My employees know better than to lie down when I'm around. In fact, I have a sign hanging on the wall that says, If you're sleepy, don't lie down. And what's more, if you do lie down, you'd better snore. I've been talking in my sleep about some girl I'm in love with, Gertrude. Oh, Riley, you're a gay dog. <laughs> but I don't remember ever meeting her. I, I can't even remember the dream. All I know is I talked about this here Gertrude, and then she even came to the house. But I was asleep, and Peg says I tried to kiss her. Oh, Digger, help me. You've got to help me out of this hole. Well, all right. For you, I'll make an exception. <laughs> What'll I do? You must be forthright, frank, and truthful. Go to your dear spouse. Tell her everything. Discuss the whole matter. Yeah, that's best. Of course it is. I'm sure she'll understand. And the worst that can happen is that she'll lay you out. Oops, that reminds me, I have an appointment. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Hello, Peg. Oh, so you're back. Yeah, I've come to explain. Well, I don't want to hear any of your explanations. But, Peg... I don't care to hear anything you have to say. Yeah, but, honey, you... I don't want to listen to one word. Well, don't stand there with your mouth open. I'm waiting to hear what you have to say for yourself. Well, you see, now, don't get mad, Peg, but there's another woman in my life. Good. She can have you. Peg, I mean it. It's Gertrude. Gertrude? Yeah. She's the woman in your life? Yeah. That poor old thing with rheumatism who's, who's going bald? And she's the woman in your life? I always did have poor taste in women. <laughs> you know that. I mean, except for you. I don't understand it myself. I never really saw her. What do you mean you never saw her? Well, I just talk about her in my sleep. Ask Junior. Oh, you ought to go to a psychiatrist. I did. It cost me $5. Did he tell you you were crazy? No. You wasted your money. <laughs> you still don't understand. I keep talking about this here Gertrude, and I talk about you, too. I say, go away, Peg. I don't like you anymore. And then I say, kiss me, Gertrude, and... Riley, do you mean to say... Oh, Riley... Well, it's no joke, Peg. It's more serious than you think. 
Gertrude is my true mate, and you're practically a stranger. <laughs> the doc told me I gotta find this Gertrude. There, you see how serious it is? I'll find your Gertrude for you. Now lie down on that couch. I'm gonna do a little psychoanalyzing. Well, okay, but you won't get anywhere. I had experts. <laughs> we'll see about that. Now, think back. Yeah. A long time ago when we were just kids. You remember my grandfather's place near Poughkeepsie? Yeah, I remember. Remember the weekend we spent there? You were seven and I was six. Yeah. Now I'm 40 and you're 32. <laughs> now, concentrate. Think back to Poughkeepsie. Yeah. It's coming back. Sunday morning. We went for a walk. Go on. We're holding hands and suddenly... Yes? I see her. There she is. Gertrude. It's her. And you run to her. I can't help myself. It's love at first sight. I drop your hand, run to Gertrude. She starts kissing. And what does she say? She says, wait, it's coming back. I remember. She turns to me, looks at me with her beautiful brown eyes, and she says, no. Gertrude's a cow. I'm in love with a cow. You always did have poor taste in women. The Rileys will return in just a moment. For hair that's groomed well, just use Prell, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. Because Prell leaves hair looking lovely the very first time you use it. Radiantly clean, radiantly shiny. Yes, in hardest water, Prell leaves hair more radiant than any other leading cream shampoo. Soft and smooth, easy to curl and manage. And Prell removes unsightly dandruff quickly, in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. And say that handy Prell tube's a pleasure to use. No waste, no spill. Try Prell. As Tallulah says, I'm Tallulah, the tube of Prell, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff-free for radiant hair. Get a hold of me, Tallulah, the tube of Prell Shampoo. Still can't get over it. How any man in his right mind can get into such a stew over silly I things. I know, Peg. I know just what you're going to say, and I don't blame you. I admit I ain't much of a husband. What you ought to do is pack up and leave me. Oh, now don't be silly. If I had it to do all over again, I'd still marry you. You would? Honest? Honest and truly? Mm, honest. Ah, oh, that's what I love about you, Dumplin'. You've got very good taste in men. <laughs> <laughs> and Gamble invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Alan Lipscott, Reuben Shipp, and Dick Powell. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair, free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L Prell Shampoo. This is Ken Niles reminding you to tune this NBC station every Friday night for Jimmy Durante, Eddie Cantor, Red Skelton, and The Life of Riley. Good night. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Abbott and Costello, followed by The Fred Allen Show. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. 
I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.